Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Michigan Avenue Media and the World of Ink Network. This podcast was founded in 2011 by Marsha Casper Cook and Virginia Grenier. Their focus has always been on helping writers reach their dreams by having informative and entertaining shows. You will also hear the latest information on what's new and exciting in the publishing and marketing industry. And the shows will also cover discussions on screenwriting, audiobooks and movies. New to the shows will be the latest style and trends in fashion, as well as nutrition and how Pinterest can add just the right spark of attention you may need for your projects. So, sit back and relax and enjoy the show. You can find out more information about our shows and being a guest at www.michiganavenuemedia.com. Well, hello. My name is Bennett Pomerantz, and this is my chance to just enjoy talking to guests that I know, some I don't, and we can be able to talk about many things And because they're all working still. Uh, as dumb as it sounds, most of them are writers that are diligently writing, thank God, and projects coming up. And tonight, or this afternoon, or whatever you want to call it, I get to talk to a friend of mine, and she is a, a doozy of a friend, a great lady. Her name is Michelle Prince. Hello, And Benny. if you look at this, I, I, I love the email I just got, or the I am I got from somebody who says, that's not Michelle. That's not how you spell it. And she and I have had this discussion before, but, you know, they say, that's not Michelle. That's not, that doesn't spell Michelle. That's Michelle's name. That's how her mother spelled it. I don't, I'm not asking you how to spell it, but I've known her for years. She is a talented, talented writer. She's been in the USA. She's a USA Today bestselling authoress. Can I say authoress these days? I don't know. Yeah, Michelle, no, can no. I say author? Okay. Sure. Uh, and, and he's got a new project, I know, and, and she always has great books, and you can go get them at Amazon and every other place in the world. So without do, how are you, Michelle? Oh, I'm just peachy. How are you doing? Tell them the truth. <laughs> You're not peachy. But I'm a little sore. I'm a little sore, but it's okay. You know, surgery these days, you know, you're in, you're out. It's no big deal. You know, I don't feel like I'm having a heart attack anymore, so that's a good thing. And it wasn't my heart, so don't worry about that. It was another part of my anatomy that likes to mimic that, and they took that out because, you know, who really needs it? And there you go. So I'm a little sore, but, yeah, I'm, I'm doing all right. That's all that matters, you know. You yeah. are um, you are an important lady and, and writer as you are, and I'm always amazed at what you're saying, what you're doing. And so, basically, I wanted to find out what's going on with you. And so, what's the new project? 
Um, well, the one that just came out is called Topaz. It is the eighth book in the CLMC series that I write with Ren McCade. And it kind of hit, it, although this one was planned, because Ren and I actually have, we were planned up to book 11 right now. So obviously this book was planned almost a year ago now. It just kind of hit home. It was it hit home a little bit harder right now just because how the world currently is. So it's one of those things where it just kind of aligned at the right time. But it's it was a little bit harder book for me to write, but I knew that it was always going to be when we started our planning and planning that we did for this book. Why, so, why was it harder for you? I'm a nosy son of a bee. Why was it harder for uh, you? Well, okay, so the way that I co-write with Ren is she kind of puts up the skeleton and then I go in and throw the meat on. That's kind of how we work. So she'll write up, she, she, I, you know, I take her writing and I add to everything she says. Um, and it works beautifully. But there's some scenes that even she couldn't write, so I had to do those all myself. And in this book, um, Topaz is, um, she's a, one of the dancers at the club. And they got a new member whose name is Onyx, so you can assume he is the black, the only black guy there. I mean, because they're up in Montana, there's two black women, but there is one black man, and she's always been standoffish with him, like very rudely standoffish compared to how she was with all the rest of them. And you have to, you find out that her boyfriend was lynched when she was younger, and so she was trying to stay away from him because she didn't want to like him because she was afraid of what would happen. And of course that does slightly different way this time. And so there's a lot of hatred in this book because of a group that's around this other group that they've been fighting with for about three or four books now. Um, And so from that standpoint, it was really hard. Um, It was tying in the whole family because like I said, there are a few black women in this, in this group and one of them has kids with one of the other guys. And so that puts in the whole why would they hate our kids just because of how they look, you know, and it was very hard. So it was very hard on a bunch of different levels as far as certain scenes of really give to you. <laughs> so that's why it was a harder book. And then, you know, we were finishing it up right around the time of protest started. And so it was just, it was very hard <laughs> compared to some of the other books I mean, there are other hard books that were hard in this Okay, I'm going to ask this question, and most that know you can answer this. Because you're in, and I and I love your husband, please don't misinterpret. Because you're in a mixed <laughs> marriage, did it make it harder using that as a reference or what? Um, it does. It's therapeutic at the same time because you get to do things to bad people. Um, but, yeah, it is. It's harder. It's just like. It's harder, you know, when most people's children get their license, they're scared because they're crazy drivers, which my son totally is, but that's never been my worst fear. Actually, I didn't think he was that bad of a driver, although I'm starting to rethink that. But um, for me, the biggest fear was him being pulled over. And he's, you know, he's had his license for three years, and his interactions have been very negative, including one time when he was physically removed from the vehicle and thrown up against it. And we think the only thing that saved him is he was down in the south. They saw his T-shirt and realized he was a football player, so suddenly it wasn't. They weren't as rough with him. But 
it was one, and, you know, she's like, oh, well, that's because he came up to my chest. I said, that's not the reason why. We, we really think it was his shirt saved him because he plays football, and which is a sad, which is a wonderful thing for me, but a sad situation in general. And, you know, so that's kind of, it, it's a harder thing. And it's the same thing with my husband when he leaves the house. He's already, he's, he's had his, multiple times being pulled over. Um, he's had a gun to his head by someone who wasn't even who didn't even have the right to pull him over. And when he went to the police, there was nothing done to that man. And then later we found out that, like, a year later he got, like, corrections officer, I don't know, community corrections officer. He was a parole officer. He didn't have the right to pull him over. And they never did anything to him. So, he didn't have um, the right to pull him over, over and he's still dead. He still did and he I'm still sorry, had, he he held a gun to my husband's head. Yeah, and he still had held a gun to my husband's head. And if he would have pulled the trigger, nothing would have happened. As far as it, cause you didn't do anything about him illegally pulling him over. So for me, it's been a harder thing because it's a hard learning curve for my dad taught me flirt with the cop, see if you can get out of the ticket. My, you know, the most I was ever learned was, you know, put, turn on my light. I never, you know, this is totally out of the realm of where I was. And how, you know, we were, even when my son was younger, he didn't realize he was black until the kids at school told him so because we didn't raise him to see the, you know, we didn't raise him that way. But as soon as he went to school, they, they informed him and let him know where his, what his place was. And it's one of those things, you know, no matter how much you protect or whatever, it's, just, it's, it's a different way of living that you don't think of. You just fall in love with somebody and you fall in love with somebody. But there's all this stuff that comes later that shouldn't be there. So, well, let me ask, how has that influenced your, influenced your writing? Deflu- I'm sorry. Um, influenced or defluenced your writing? Um, for the most part, I try to avoid that part. I've even had um, publishing houses saying, well, you need to add the, uh, up the racial tension. And I'm like, no. How about we just not? Not that it doesn't, not that it doesn't exist, not that it's not there, but how about we stop pushing that narrative? Um, so this was, like I said, this was a harder book because it was pushed. In the cream, I had a similar thing because of there's one line in there that was really hard, but I'm like, I have to put this in because it was said to my husband, and it was somebody say, No, I don't have a problem with black folks. Everyone should own one. And it was a really hard one, but I needed to get it out of my system because it's because it had been said to my husband. And it's just like one of those things I'm like, no, we're going to put this in here under the bad guy who's going to get his ass kicked. But my point is I don't want to – I've got enough books with that. There's enough books out there where people do that. Part of the reason why I started writing was because I was tired of reading black men with white women that are fetishized. It's always either she has super daddy issues and she wants to piss him off or, you know, he turns her into a hooker or he – beats her, you know, it's always, it's always something not about the people. So I make my books about the people because if we stop pushing that narrative, you got to start wondering, is art imitating life or is life imitating art? This is the way we're supposed to be because the Kardashians are this way. No, we don't need to be like the Kardashians. How they are isn't even how they are. The people are practically broke. They just pretend like they have money. So. Exactly. Now, so I take I, I normally take that narrative out of my book, 
and just have it be about the relationship because when it comes down to it, I write romance. It's supposed to be about the relationship, not about, I mean, there's some things you have to, you have to deal with, but how about we just not make that be the only reason why a black man and a white woman can't be together or a black woman and a white man can't be together because of racial things. How about we make it because he's moving away or because, you know, she needs somebody who makes more money. You know what I mean? Let's, exactly. let's have it be for for the same reason why white people aren't together and the same reason why two black people aren't together. There's a lot of reasons why you have those, those dark moments in the book. It doesn't always need to be a racial thing. Let me ask a silly question. What's your new book? My new book? Well, the newest one is out. Yes. It's Topaz. Um, before that, okay, so and I kind of gave you a rundown of that one. Um, oh, and the please. Steel MCs, <laughs> well, and the Steel MCs are, they are very near and dear to my heart. Um, it started as a kind of, uh, we're going to do one book, but you know me, I'm a series whore. So that, that I know. Happen. I and, can say that too, without, without being, without your husband killing me. I know I can say that to you. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Michelle's totally a serious, serious whore. <laughs> Because um, I, I just don't let a character go, but in their in their thing, they usually do rescues of um, of women and women and uh, children that are in. It's kind of like a domestic violence underground railroad type thing where they they spirit them away. They kind of help them. Sometimes is it, is stay, it modern day or is it uh, how it old? It is modern day. Oh no, it's current. It's current. Because the reason why I ask if it's modern day is there are a couple of people mm-hmm. right now who are working storylines or ideas in their books, and it's like they're in 1872 or what? I don't know. I'm not. I'm not a, an architecture mm-hmm. of this. I don't agree with it or I don't mm-hmm. disagree with it. That's why I was asking if it was modern day. Yeah, no, do you it's, like it's writing modern in day. modern day, or do you like writing in older time? No, I like writing in modern day. I'm a history major, so as much yeah, as I, I know, that's why I As much as I love it, historical readers are really, 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 really precise, and I don't want to. It would take me about seven times as long to write a history book, historical romance, because the button will be wrong on the boot, or that boot didn't come out till two years later, and it's just like, I just like the boot. So, and I and I'm already particular on my research when it comes to this. Like, how long does it take to drive this far? How and realistically, okay, it says this many miles. They're not counting for me pulling over to pee. They're not counting for you know. So. Things like that. Um, where this is, um, this book, they go up to Canada for a minute. You know, they drive up to Canada, so I need to figure out how far from our imaginary town is it to Canada. So those are the things that I kind of like to, you know, I, if I do research on modern-day stuff and take a little bit of, of poetic license, that's not a big deal. Is when I, but historical, they don't, they don't give you that. <laughs> I want to ask you a question from Dana. Thank you, Dana, for the question. Um, 
wanted to know how long does it take you to write a book or most books? It, it really depends on, I mean, for the rough draft, it really depends on what my time is because I do have the nine-to-five job also. Um, so for me, if I could sit straight and do it right, just straight with zero distractions, that includes the puppies, that includes Facebook, that includes all that stuff, I could get a good 50,000 words out in a week. So a week to a week and a half would get me pretty good, pretty much any, you know, week to two weeks get me any length that I really wanted if I could sit there and, and do that. But the reality is you very rarely can do that. They do require sleep um, in general. I require that to recharge. So, I mean, let's say a month if I can stay if I can stay focused on one book. But as Bennett knows, I usually am writing three to four books at a time because sometimes one shuts down, so I'll just move on to the next one. So, and with me working with a co-writer, um, there's a schedule there where she'll drop it on me, but it's not always 100% that she's going to drop it on this day, and I'm not necessarily getting it back to her on the same, you know, day. I'm, so um, I could be in the middle of one book and my co-writer would be like, by the way, here it's coming. And I and I'll, I kind of switch modes and go into that one instead um, because that one has a really loyal fan base. We have a little fan group for the CLMCs. So we want to keep that one going for them. Um, but, yeah, I if I could if I could focus on one book, I could get it done in at two weeks at the max. But even when I was on furlough, there were so many different things um, going on. I still barely got you know, what I got out, out. There still was a lot of distraction. Well, and now I'm listening to... Now I'm listening to... writing with a co-writer? Sorry. You know, How's it like, like writing it. with a co-writer? Um, you know, I like it. It worked out very well with the very first book that we did together. And it works really well now. We've, you know, we've had a few bumps and stuff. And it, it helps me with plotting because you can't write a book with a co-writer and not set out your plot ahead of time. Um, so we do a lot of plotting with it and give us our directions. There's always things that are going to jump off that Ren likes to blow stuff up, and we didn't have anything that was going to blow up in the book, you know, or there, there wasn't supposed to be something blown up there, but she likes to do that, and that's fine. I've gotten used to it. And it actually, she puts it in the right places, so it's not like she's doing a bad thing. Just It throws me off for a minute, and then I just regroup and keep going. But, yeah, um, it. And it's nothing else that keeps you on task when you're with a co-writer because you can't let them down. Um, I have a couple different co-writers. I wrote with Rihanna Mallory for one book. I'm working on um, some books with uh, with uh, Dahlia Rose, and we've got those going. So, and then I have the ones with Ren. And yeah, it's it's a challenge, but it's a good challenge. It's kind of like having. And really, I mean, it's also like having a really awesome beta reader that helps you when you're, like, totally stuck. Because if I'm stuck on a scene or if she can't write a scene, she's just like, I know this needs to go here. I just don't know how to do it. And, it, you know, you get to work with somebody else who can figure out things when you're getting stuck. No one asked me if I would do it. I mean, sheesh. <laughs> you know I would. I, you know, I'm kidding. Uh, I'm kidding. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But the thing is, okay, you got Topaz coming. Uh, Topaz is out or coming out? Topaz is out. She's out um, before that was stocked. 
and Stocked was a very interesting book for me to do, and it's the start of the series because I figured out this one I actually planned out as a series. So woohoo to me. I did something that, you know. Well, you always do things right. But let me, okay, let me ask you. You, you, when you started with this, these books and you had it planned out, have you ever decided to diverge from the planning? Absolutely. You know, instead of instead of it being two books, it becomes four, or or because I don't like two, four, make it three. You know, you've diverted from there, or you have not. I have. Christmas was supposed to be three books, um, and it turned into four because of the length of the third book, and it got it was just way too long. So I turned into a fourth book, um, and really, the opening pre- prologue in in Not Even Death, which is the third book in that series, was actually the opening of Chrysalis. But Chrysalis started off as I was just going to write one book. And then I Googled how long a book should be when I was getting close to about 80,000 words. And I realized, mm-hmm. and I wasn't done, and I was nowhere near getting to where the pro- the prologue was getting me. <laughs> so then I realized, well, I guess this is going to be three books, is what I figured. I'd do a trilogy because that's, you know, what you do. You make a trilogy. But, again, words got away from me, and I was like, well, I guess it's going to be four of them a quad? I don't know. I don't know. But, yeah, so that one, they always get away from me. They always do yeah, what but they that, is, do. That, is that good or bad when they get away from you as an author? It usually ends up being, usually ends up being okay. A good thing. Yeah. When you were acknowledged in USA Today as a USA Today best-selling author, was it one time or two? I forgot how many. I'm getting stupid and old. Just one. Just, Just one. one. But was it on the list? You know, they have that. They used to have the top hundred list or something. Yeah, we made it into the top hundred. Um, I think it was a, it was with a box set, so I think it was in like eighty some. I don't know. There was a whole thing with red some. Some book company did something, and all their people were basically relaunching on the same day as us because the book company, I don't know, and or I don't know what it was. There was something about some red chair. I don't know what it was, but something did something, and all of a sudden our launch date that had very little on it for competition, I guess, all of a sudden had a bunch. I don't know. That's for the people that do the algorithms, and that's not me. I was just asked to be in a box set, and I did what I could do to help it along. But how does it feel with that title? USA Best Selling Author. It feels good. I don't know. It's it I don't I wouldn't you know I mean I'm not gonna I, I won't give it back. How about that? I'll keep it. I, I didn't <laughs> but, expect you to, but I'm I mean if New York Times you hit, if you hit the New York God God forbid be well, you hit the New York Times best-selling author list. How would you feel about that? Or which title would you I, get rid of? I wouldn't get rid of any. Keep them all. 
What are you talking about? I don't care if it hits the damn wall somehow. Amazon, Amazon number one seller. I'm keeping it. Dang it. Wall but. Street Journal will never happen. Because unless, unless you're Stephen King or Tom, the late Tom Clancy, it happens. Otherwise, new ones never come in there. I don't know why. We can wish. I've seen an indie author that hit that one but didn't hit the New York. Now, tell me how that happened. Very strange. You can't, Don't tell me. I'm just an innocent, I'm an innocent critic in the world mm-hmm. of of all your big time authors, so I don't know. Uh, do you feel, or you, you have co-writers now with some of your books? Do they have they admired you? Is this like a mutual admiration society on some books, or not? It is a mutual, yeah, I think so. Um, yeah, some I admire more than they probably admire me. I. Is you know when Dahlia Rose when she read a book with me, I was extremely excited. I think she's awesome. And the crazy part is, she and I write differently than Ren and I. Um, she and I, we take like five thousand words, and then we pass it to the next person, and five thousand words pass to the next person. And honestly, I I knew we wrote similar, but I seriously, unless we put a marker saying this is where I started, a lot of times we can't tell where one ended and one began. So. It sounds like having half my words. It's awesome because it's like, oh, half my words are, are, are it's writing a book. You don't only have to do it halfway, right? Because she's got the other half. Mm-hmm. Have a nice thing. Well, let me ask you. If somebody said to you, we're going to make one of your books into a film or a TV show or whatever, because Supernatural is the new style, not of writing, but of of genre, the genre of the month. There we go. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. Magic, a charm, supernatural, and and other than the guy from uh, Supernatural is now going to go Walker, Texas Ranger. uh, But I'm just saying, supernatural genre is so popular what book or what property would you like of yours to be in that? Oh, for, well, it's just, I mean, seriously. For a movie or television, I, I, I'm not asking which, but I'm just saying, they're saying, we're going to take well, one of your books and make it famous. Hey, they can take, they can start at the beginning. They can start with Chrysalis. It was written that way. Um, you know, if you're going to do a series, take my MC series. At least, you know, you'd have one with a little bit more positive, you know. It'd be, it'd be, I wouldn't say it's heartwarming because we still blow things up and we still kill people, but bigger cause behind it, I think. It's so, I mean, hey, why not take our our thing? Um, I'd love to see the Frozen get taken up and the Frozen series, that one can keep going and going and going if people, if if people like the like the show, so now would be a great one to serialize and you know follow the people well, through their past me, and future. And... Let me ask a silly question, okay? I love your Chrysalis book. You knew that for years. And mm-hmm. if somebody said they're going to take Chrysalis and make it 
a TV episode and they asked you to write a script, could you? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, things on script writing and I got the Michael Haig book. um, So I, I, it would, I think I could do it, but I, um, I'm still working through doing that because there's a few books. Um, the one I wrote with Rihanna Mallory, uh, the um, Unwrapping a Marriage, is would be part would be a perfect Hallmark movie. I just have to take out sex, but it could be a total Hallmark classic. Um, so, which would be hard to take out the you know a few scenes, but I think it would be it would be a perfectly good heartwarming Christmas movie that would be great for that time, you know, for them. But, and I guess, I, and I, part of me wants to write it up that way and pitch it to them, you know? Yeah. Okay. But, I know what you write. You write a lot, and you write a lot of genre, but you write romance and paranormal romance and adult and, and contemporary. Do you have a favorite or famous author you like? I got my four that are my like my pillars and we got J.R. Ward we've got Dorinda Jones we've got Judy Bloom and we've got Sherilyn Kenyon considering the fact that I write more contemporary than paranormal I do you know I guess it's kind of strange but those are kind of my four they're my four author icons um, I, I do like Sidney Sheldon's books but, you know, now they're written by somebody who ghostwrites for them or whatever. Um, and I don't like them as much anymore. There's just something missing. Um, but, yeah, those are my four icons. I've met two of them. So, ooh, for me. Wait, no. um, so uh Dorinda Jones and J.R. Ward. I've got to meet both of them. So, um, oh, Dorinda's yeah, a lovely I, woman. Isn't she though? I had her her latest book. Her latest book, I had her autograph to me, saying to my laziest. Yep, she said I had her put it to my laziest stalker. That's what I am. I'm a lazy stalker. But yeah, Dorinda is amazing. She's super sweet. I love her to death. Have you ever had other than Dorinda? Have you ever had a fangirl experience? Fangirls with JR. <clears throat> um, yeah, those would be my only fangirl experiences, I think. Okay. Now let's put the shoe on the other foot. Have you ever had it happen to you? Yeah, and I kept looking to see who they were talking about because it couldn't have been me. But they were excited to see me. I was pretty excited about that. I've got a few that have fangirled me, and it's kind of cool. I'm sorry, I didn't hear you. I said I've had a couple fangirl me, and it's kind of cool, but, yeah, I I always look at them like they're crazy. They're looking for some other crazy author. Not me, not me. And so you don't think it'll ever happen again, or what? Oh, I'm sure it'll happen again. Maybe someday, but yeah, it is kind of cool to have it happen. It's one of those things that makes you like, oh, people know me. 
pretty cool. Scares the heck out of me. <laughs> I'm glad you're taking it. Well, I I took it and it was it was a fanboy, but still, you know, it was like, oh, I love everything you do. That's nice. And they wouldn't have let me have any <laughs> privacy to go to the uh, restroom. Oh well, see that would be that would be that would be harder. They were the true star. Yeah, thank God we're now in social distancing. But um, yeah, they were the true stalkers. Scares them. So I'm going to ask a very silly question. During this pandemic, you got any work done? I have. I got topaz out, didn't I? And I got socked out. That was all during the pandemic so far. Um, so those two are out. I did a bunch of pictures because, you know, I do royal touch photography. So um, uh, Dahlia Rose has a book coming out, Socia Soul Food. Socia is a, for the island, the island name. So Island Soul Food. And so I did all the pictures for in the book. Do you, um, okay, I know that you are a wonderful photographer. Do you think it's all going to change due to the pandemic? Life in general? Yes. It already has. And Even why? now, like, I can't really do my, well, I, I can't do my photo shoots like I normally do. Like, I can't do couples unless I start getting, unless I have a waiver from both of them. And, on top of that, like, I want to do a shoot when, if I'm going to rent out a space, I'd want to do it with more than, I'd want to do it with, like, 10 or 15 of my authors. Well, I can't do that because, or the authors, um, models, I can't do a thing with 10 models and two makeup artists and, hair, and a makeup artist a hairstylist, uh, you know, me and my assistant. I can't do that because there's too many people in one space at one time. So until, you know. But so I, it opens up enough, but I can't do that. You can't, and I'm not trying to be rude, you can't seam them together or something? No, because there'd be too many people in one room. No, 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 I'm saying so, you take a picture of A, who's a male. You take a picture of B, who's another male. You take a picture of C, who's a female, and you seen them into one picture doing double or no, triple exposure? No. I mean, yes, technically could I do that, but they could do that with anybody. Having a thing where they're actually involved and you can see the models looking into their eyes, there's a big difference between that and when you can tell somebody took one, one stock image with another stock image and put them together. And do you find... Do you find, I'm trying to find the right words here, I'm getting confused. Uh, do you find yourself having difficulty because you can't put things like images like that together now? Well, yeah, that, that does make it harder to do a photo shoot because if I do a photo shoot, I don't, have, I don't have my own studio. So what I do is I'll rent out either a studio space, I'll rent out a large ballroom and a, or, or a large conference room in a hotel or I'll 
like I want to rent out a mansion. There's mansions you can rent out for a couple hours where people normally do weddings. I'll rent it out for half a day and do a photo shoot. Well, I can't do that. I can't rent that out because there's you, you can't do that and bring in 12 to 14 people at this time. And that's what I would need because if I'm renting that space, I need to use, it needs to be worth my money. You know, I can't just run it for one person. Exactly. Believe me, I do. Now, let me ask you a silly question. This is a real silly question. You have a lot of writing partners. Is there anybody you'd want to just sort of offer them a chance to write with you or write, you know, have a, you know, uh, do it, you know, get a, one of those four that you love or any other writer to write with you? I'd love to write with any of the four that I love, but I'm realistic. Um, shoot, even, I, I know that, like, the girl that now writes for Jimmy Sheldon, you know, I'm sure she's talking to him. <laughs> so no, Sidney Sheldon Oh, did he die? Sidney Sheldon He's passed on. Yeah, see, I stopped paying attention once till he started writing with him. So, yeah, we'll see that he's gone. I don't know, James Patterson has a machine going. That would be kind of cool. Patterson with us, but the thing is that, you know, he basically is farming out a lot of his work. It's usually Patterson and... And, yeah, you know, I know. Yeah, I'd be the. I, I would happily be the and and sell a few hundred gazillion copies. I will happily do that because you're learning something. Because you'd be learning something from them either way. Which is what's a good your thing. writing goals? My writing goals is to be able to write and not have to work. So. Okay. Yeah, writing goals. Um, I'd like to, I'd like to get with a mass market press. I'm working on that now. I recently got an agent, but so she's working on trying to get me with some bigger presses. I love my little small press that I'm with, but I need something bigger. So. And what would you like to do when goals. you get bigger? Um, well, in my head, they're know, always like, big, but that's beside the point. You know, like I, I started doing this Royal Royal Readers at the Mall of America, which got postponed this year. Obviously, got moved to next year, um, and that has been that. I would like to open. I like that because it helps the smaller author be with the bigger author because I've got some pretty big authors that are coming this year or next year, um, and they're you're just put in a row. It's not you know big authors over here, little authors over here. Um, it's Everybody's together, and I like that, um, helping people that way. Um, and, you know, if I get bigger, that means that my co-writers will get bigger. And I think as far as the, the three that I write with, because hopefully if I get big enough that people are buying my backlist, they're seeing my other co-writers. Kind of my, kind of the pay it forward that I hope would happen. Well, uh, you 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 think your backlist of all your books would get out there 
and with the new ones would get out there also? Yeah, I think so. I think people go back and they'll buy the backlist. Um, I see that a lot when we put up, um, like when we put up Topaz, people were going out and buying the first punch of the series to see if they wanted it. I think um, we ran a little promo special, but, you know, the, the first book, we, we dropped that price down for a little bit, and now I'm starting to see people that you can tell, like, people reading through because they'll just buy the whole series. Um, a lot of people, we found that, the, at my last publisher that I was with before they closed, they found that the third book is the one, people, once people see that there's three books in the series, then they'll go and buy it. For some reason, my my sales spiked every time once I hit three books because people are like, oh, this is something that's going to keep going, I guess. I don't know. Um, but, yeah, that's kind of it's kind of one of those things that I, I, I see backlist get bought when, when people go back and see what else they might like from me. I think people do that. I do that with other authors, too, myself. I might be getting one of their later books, you know, as a standalone, and then I realize I like I like how their writing is, so I'll go back and buy the rest of them. Now, let me ask you this, and you and I have known each other for so long. Uh, would you ever, can, since the pandemic, would you ever consider doing another round-robin workshop, since I know the, the current one, on the Mall of America's postponed to 2021. Would you ever um, masks included? I don't know. I don't. Yeah, masks, of course. Um, I am doing. I, I did put together a writers retreat at a castle. We got eight of us that are going there. Just friends of mine. Um, we're going. They're all at different levels of writing, which is cool. Some are like with the big presses. Some are indie. Some haven't even been published yet. And we're doing we're doing that to work uh first all to get new information. Well that's gonna be in November. There's just a couple of us there going. Like you said, we're keeping it the first week of November. Yeah. I kinda of put it out privately to my friends, like, Hey, you know, I know you're you've got these books, I think you'd help this person, and basically, this is kind of a mixed group of people that know all know something different in the book world. And it's not going to be fun, like the panels. Instead, it's going to be, hey, we're going to come together, we're going to have a discussion, then break, everybody go off and write. It's a writer's retreat, and then we'll come back around this time, and then we're going to talk about a few things, see how our writing's going, have a little thing. Hey, are we getting words down on the page, or are we just in our wheels? Did this person help you? Here's how to get through writer's block. So we're doing that, and I think that'll be fun. And it's my first year doing it. I figured I'd try it. If nothing else, I can. Sorry, go ahead. Have I you ever thought of doing um, a Zoom writers workshop? No, I know a few people have done those. They started doing those, um, like, like Romance Slam Jam. I think did that, and a couple other the bigger ones. Um, I think. I don't know if RWA is doing it because I'm not in RWA anymore, but um, I know quite a few, but I think they are. I think they're doing something virtual for people. Um, and those are great. I mean, my husband, that's how he has to teach now because he's a trainer. And I think they're good. Um, for me, it's really hard for me to do those. 
as far as personally listening, watching, I, 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 I know it's the new way that we have to do it, but for me, it's really hard to be engaged in, in a regular meeting setting. There's no way I'd be ain't half as engaged in a Zoom setting. Because, I know, you know, there's always a squirrel running around. The squirrel running around where? Where? In general. There's a squirrel. Okay, but if someone at the Mall of America had a writer's workshop, I'm just, you know, mm-hmm. everybody in maps, but still there talking about their book projects and talking about the books, would you do it? Maybe. I mean, we have thought about taking the authors that signed up for it for Royal Readers this year and doing like a Facebook Live you know, five people going at the same time, so you can hop from table to table. Um, we offered it to a couple other groups that we basically going to test it in, and they decided to do something else. So I, I don't know. I think I think it could be done. I'm just not sure. I wouldn't. I don't know if I'd want it for anything more than me sitting there for an hour with nobody at my table. I guess. So I I I, I mean I'm sure. I'm sure the way it's going, we're probably going to have to look into doing stuff like that, but I don't know. it this way. I'm hoping if, not. I'm going to ask you because people, but somebody just asked me this question. And I, I've asked this question for years, and now somebody's asking my own question. Um, somebody just asked me, her name is Janice, and she just asked, if you could have dinner with any person alive or dead, who would it be? Five, four people and you. Four people. I think masks are optional, by the way. Okay, I think so. If they're dead, they, it's fine. Um, I probably would have Kobe Bryant. Um, I would have Dorinda Jones, Dave Chappelle. And John Stewart. Ooh. Can I come? <laughs> yes, you said, hey, you know, maybe you're the one cooking. It's a dinner party. because I mean, I have to cook, right? I don't want to cook. I just want. I just. I just want to just be a, a fly on the wall. You know, just listen. <laughs> Either that, or have Emerald. Oh, have Emerald cook. Oh, God, yes. <laughs> yeah, Dahlia cook. Have Emerald. You can make a recipe. Emerald or John Bash yeah. cooking. Oh, God. <laughs> Good Louisiana seafood. Yeah. Oh, God, yes. <laughs> I'd die for that kind of stuff. Now, so you'd have Chappelle. I wanted to get the lineup here. And I'm... And my memory is getting like a swim because you'd have Chappelle. Would you want them to perform Kobe Bryant or whoever? I know he's dead. I think he's dead. Yes, I'm. I'm very. Trust me, that kind of crushed me for a good couple weeks. Um, I think that you can't stop Dave Chappelle from performing. I think that's just who he is all the time. And John Stewart would be riffing off it really quickly. And so, yeah, I don't think you can't stop them from performing. That's who he is. I think any time he 
around people, I think he, you know, he's on no matter what. If the big studio head says, Michelle, take any TV show or any, I'd say any TV show of the last 50 years and revise it, renew it, whatever, for the 2000s, 2020s, you know what I'm saying. Um, What would you do? Like revise and redo it? Like Dynasty, like like Walker, Texas Ranger. I'm sorry? Is that enough? I think we're doing that too much as it is. I don't know. I, I, really think, do. I think I think nobody has any good ideas in Hollywood, so they they have no, to redo no, it. No, no, there are plenty of good ideas in Hollywood. I think they're being lazy and trying to. Well, we'll just get you know. I think they're even updating Punky Brewster. They're, pun, they're updating you know. I mean, they're bringing back the Punky and her daughter. You know, how about give new people a chance? That's what I'm thinking because. We didn't need what, what a second foot loose. We need a whole job on it. What scares me you more know? is they got Queen Latifah in the remake of The Equalizer. Now, I love Queen Latifah. Equalizer, the old Edward Woodward TV series. I and they mean, didn't even get the growing to do up. It. Yeah. Yeah, and Denzel would have been first. Well, because he's not going to do TV. Let's just—he he hasn't done TV since elsewhere. But, um, yeah, that's what he was. But I'm just see, those don't bother me as much. The equalizer, because it's just equalizer. Somebody who equalizes. But when you're sitting there taking ones that, like Footloose, that was a straight story. That's what it was. You didn't need to remake that. You could have, I don't know, taken a chance on somebody else that's new and take take a book off. I don't care, you know. Take a book from somebody who's up and coming writer and do that instead of, and give it a chance as opposed to redoing over and over and over again stuff that doesn't need to be redone. They talk about redoing the Princess Bride. Why? Why for the love of all the Because they're going to. But the but the movie was the movie was done perfectly the first time. Why redo it? You know, the only thing I'm on right your side. I want I want I want Mash. Because I want, but I would need Alan Alda somehow to be still young and doing it. I seriously, actually, even my husband said, you know what? If we had, if we had uh, uh, Hawkeye and Trapper, the pandemic would have been over in fifteen in in, in an episode because they would have figured it out. You know what I'm saying? They, they'd be laughing at exactly. in their life, and he'd be like, "You're complaining about this. Let me show you how what it really is like." You know. Um, but things you can't – a lot of things lose a lot when you update. Like, you couldn't update MASH because now there's – you wouldn't have the fun of Radar trying to get, you know, Ma, you know, get Martha on the phone in Poda, you know, in, in Hannibal, Missouri, and how much it took, how the effort it took to get that. You couldn't get that because you had a cell phone now. That's half – you know, there's so many things that you wouldn't be able to do to make, you know, that show. I mean, it's a wonderful show, and it was fine the first time. We don't need to bring back Cheers, and Cheers would be completely different because you'd have the selfie girls. And all. No, how about give somebody something uh, something new, a new take on something. Do a new take on it. That's fine. I should say that, seeing as how my book Stock just came out, and that one is a re, re, 
a relook at Jack and the Beanstalk, but set in modern days, and Jack's a little bit different than what he was in the original. But uh, we don't need to sit here and redo the exact same movie again. Let it be. I mean, how many times have we done A Star is Born? What? Each time it wins an Oscar, Five. let's do it because we'll get an Oscar. I don't know. Yeah, but they usually win it for something there. like Best Song, not Best Performance. You know? Yeah. The Best but Song still, always think, wins. Yeah, and I'm, I'm just like, let's, you know, there's there's other things we can do. You, you know, there's enough writers out there that can do things. And they're trying to yeah, do things. The they're Tom, trying to do new things, but the fear of the new thing is, is actually more dangerous. And why is that? Take a chance. Because if you're going to sit here in fear of the new thing, then you're ne- nobody's ever going to discover anything new. Right? If we were afraid of going exactly. into space was a new thing, we'd never go. You know, it's okay to do something new. You never know. Barkley vampires. They took a chance on those. That seemed to work out. A kid with a scar on his face, that seemed to work out. So don't be afraid of the new things. I wish I wish Hollywood was less afraid of new things. Because it's just like, oh, man, there, there's thousands and thousands of pilots pitched to them all the time, and then they'll go back to, you know, uh, oh, let's just, at, do Fuller House now instead of a full house. Yeah. And tell I'm not uh, telling for me, I'm sorry. Garden Adventure? And they're already trying to remake it again. Yeah. They've done a TV movie of it, done the original. When do you think the word yeah, enough I mean, is enough? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, if you're gonna change, if you're gonna change the story and have it be a reimagining, fine. But when you just say, "Oh, this is the exact same thing," well, then why would I want to go see the exact same thing with different actors? And well, what they did—they're doing that this year with uh, Walker, Texas Ranger, uh, Jared Palacki, Palacki from Supernatural is playing the Chuck Norris role. And the two sons that he had with the DA is in the cast, you know. I don't know how long that's going to happen, but the new sons <laughs> are in the cast. So, how do you think, okay, I'm. this is a question that I was discussing with a friend of mine. How do you think they'll be able to film, not in a mask, but film some of the TV shows they have now. Is it all going to be studio work, or do you think they'll be able to go outside for once? Well, I'm sure they'll be able to go outside because you can block stuff out. Um, you can shut down a block, and then you're not putting anyone in danger like they normally do. You won't have, like, well, I mean, in Law and Order, the street scenes or whatever. Um, but um, I don't know. I know a lot of it's going to be studio work, they said, with, you know, unlimited time with the actors and everybody has to be tested all these hundreds of millions of times. And I, I don't know. It's, it, didn't they open up and then close back down most of L.A. and stuff after they opened yeah. up? Yeah. They opened, so I, I don't know. 
I don't I'm going to ask a very silly question. Do you think we're going to have a vaccine soon for this crap? That's not you, but I'm saying, you think we'll have a vaccine at all soon? Mm-hmm. I, I, you know, I live in Minnesota, and so we have four major medical groups that are all working out here. Because we've got the Mayo, which is one of the best in the world, um, University of mm-hmm. Minnesota, which is usually in the top, it's in the top two, three of teaching hospitals every year. Um, we've got the Alina. I work for Alina, and we're working on one. And then there's one other one. I can't remember what the other one is. Um, so you've got just in our state alone, we've got quite a few. Um, I'm worried that it's going to happen. Somebody's going to get it. Then it's going to be so monetized that, or it'll be somebody who doesn't. Oh well, we're not going to let it let that in the country because it's working somewhere else. That's the thing I'm worried about. We need our own people to get the money from this vaccine, so we'll try to copy it or whatever, as opposed to just accepting the fact that maybe somebody else made it. That's the thing I'm worried about. Um, as far as time, we we mail. I know it's mail and. Someone else, I think they they needed the rapid blood test for antigens. They've gotten that through, I think. So, but normally for a vaccine, it's eighteen months because the first few rounds of it, you don't know. I mean, we'll have people that'll be t- testing it, I guess, because not all people that do medical testing will do it. So, I, I don't know. I, it's going to be. A, it's going. I'm. I'm scared to say a year and a half because that bites into my royal readers. But yeah, I, I don't see this going away anytime really soon. But see, I've always worked from home for the last 12 years, so for me, there's been very little change outside of them furloughing me for a little bit because are so low in population because people weren't going in for electives or for anything that wasn't non-emergent. So, and like our clinics were basically closed, so that took away a lot of our, yeah, so that took away a lot of our revenue, so that's why I had to be put on furlough. Otherwise, I normally wouldn't be because I'm in health care. So, and because well, of our facilities. Let me ask you a silly question. What do you have out now that these people can go read and see this, your beautiful work, because I know you have great work. <laughs> I've known it for years. Well, well, stock is kind of interesting. Now you're new Bring it. The what? I said, I feel like Misery Chastain. I'm your biggest fan. <laughs> well, well, stock is, um, is a fairy tale reimagined. It's a uh, uh, Jack and the Beanstalk, and we have Jackson, who um, is works in the mailroom, and Madison Harper, who's up on the top of the of the in the penthouse with Drake, who is who Drake Titan, who owns every most everything in town, um, and Jack finds his way up the top, and it becomes a love story. Then. Otherwise, I have my steel MCs, obviously. Um, I just put out into audio The Rotation, which is one of my newer books that I put out. Um, you can read it in ebook or paperback or in audio now. 
And um, Two Ink Minimum just went out onto audio. And the second book for that, which is Ink All Night, is coming out the first week of August. So that one will be put up for pre-order in a couple days. So so that's why I got out now. Sheesh, I got my work cut off me. Either that or I get gifts for Christmas. I don't know which. Yeah. Let me do do a minute of my homework because if not, people will get very, very upset. Next week, on the 16th, Christy England is going to talk about her new book, and she will be in the hot seat. On the 23rd, Kelly Stone Gamble will be talking about her new books and and, uh, living in the nice California woods and and teaching. Horror host, Count Gore Duvall, a.k.a. Dick Dizel, will be here on the 30th. Leanne Soderheim Murphy will be here on the 6th. The, my, my partner in the legal show, the great Sarah Steele, will be here on the 13th. And Daniel Ray will be talking about his new book, and we'll be having a very, very good time, I know. And then on the 27th of August, Melissa Kerr. And I'll, we, everybody will be off on the 3rd for Labor Day and Labor Day festivities because it usually starts on Thursday, and I don't need to work on Thursday. Okay, so it's been lovely. Thank you for coming, dear lady. Thank you for having me. I'm sorry? I said thank you for having me. Oh, it's my pleasure, always. Sometimes with these phone connections, you can't hear. But um, I love having you. And you were going to do something at the, either in December or the first of the year for you coming back. So Sounds good night. Perfect. Be well. Good night. Fly, fly right, of course. Good night. Everybody have a good, good week and be safe and wear a mask. Please wear a mask and be safe. And I will talk to you all next Thursday.